0: We're in this series for a few weeks here of evangelism and discipleship. And let me explain some of the back story behind this. Things have been moving very slowly in getting the development done behind us that will ultimately, prayerfully, if everything is completed as it is projected to be so, We will have on Village Drive the potential for close to a 1,000 people living right behind our building. And my question to us and the leaders we've discussed this is what happens when God gives us those people? Are we ready? Not saying we would get all 1,000, who knows, but the ones that he would want us to have. Are we ready to minister to them, to uh, help them, to help them to grow in the things that God has for them and the answer is at the moment we're not but that doesn't mean we have to stay where we are we can change that and we have been seeing that of God and the Holy Spirit moving where people are more and more saying, okay, I need to be deeper in the word. I need to know a little more. And so we're more and more seeing people come in for discipleship. And what a praise God that is. I, I love it when Bill says, I got to order more discipleship material because that means more people are using the material. And that is amazing and wonderful. And we praise God for it. So all of this is to help get us in that place prayerfully where we will be willing to do whatever part God has for us because discipleship is more than going through a curriculum, which is something we do but it's also doing life together and learning to do that well. So the why, the who and the rub, okay? That's the title of today. Here's the scripture. We've already been through it. We're going to go through it more than once. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth." So the authority that we need to share the reality of Jesus Christ with others, where does it come from? It comes from him we're not in this by ourselves. We are blessed of God to know, and we're going to talk, we've already talked about some, I'll talk about it more, but the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us and helps us in that. But he has given us authority. So when the Spirit of God prompts us to share the reality of Christ with someone, we know that we're not just Trying to work through this ourselves, but instead we're seeing God use us as His instruments for His glory. Go therefore and make disciples, I want you to make a note here, of all the nations. That's important. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. What does that mean, all the nations? Well, that really means all the ethnic groups. And if we've watched and you've seen what's happened over the last 50 years, our world has changed dramatically as people have influxed into different parts of the world. In my own community, we have about six different nationalities, I think, now from what it was 40 years ago when I moved there. So God is literally bringing those people to us For us to share the reality. And he says, and then baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them means that they've come to know Christ. We don't baptize people just to get them in the water. But it's a picture of, as we have described so many times, of what's happened in a person's life. As they've come to the reality of Jesus Christ being the Savior that they need. And accepting the gift of salvation that God has given so freely through the death of his Son. And then teaching them... To observe all that I've commanded you. That's discipleship. That's doing it. That's sharing the word, helping them. And again, it's not just the idea of getting through some curriculum. It's the idea of doing life together and helping each other understand how the scripture applies to our daily experience. And lo, he says, (laughs) and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, we're not in this by ourselves. This is a God-given assignment. And guess what? If you know Jesus, that assignment is being given to all of us. That's not just for a select few. Now, are there people, according to the scripture, that are gifted as evangelists? Yes, there are. Have I encountered some of those people in my life? Yes, I have. Do we have people here who are much more gifted in evangelism than I would ever be? Yes, we do. But here's the reality. (laughs) The work of sharing Christ is for the whole body of Christ and not just for a few. So let's move to another portion of scripture where he says something very similar, but I want to point out the difference. And he said to them, go into all the world. Now the first one in Matthew, he said all the nations. And by the way, just so you know, when we read the scripture and we see things like this, it really is a good practice to study why there is a difference because God isn't in search he's not just searching for words and saying oh what am I going to put in there no there's always intent and purpose behind what he says so go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures now the world here is the idea of the systems of our world in fact we know that Satan works within the systems of the world and uh, Jesus is saying to us I want you to go into all those systems. Where are those systems? Those systems are what? Family, business, politics, any system that exists in our world. The people who are there are precious in his sight. And Jesus died for every one of them. And how are they going to hear if we don't tell them? Now, here's the rub. Didn't take me long to get to that, did it? James chapter 3. When we are telling people about our God who loves us, about Jesus who died for us, when we're telling people about the light that is ours as the Holy Spirit of God works within us, we're using our tongue typically now our acts have to measure up we've talked about that before but we use our tongue and look what it says but no one can tame the tongue it's a restless evil and full of deadly poison our oldest daughter was fitted for braces many years ago and the orthodontist came out and was explaining to Sheila and I an apparatus that he was putting in her mouth and he said the purpose of this apparatus is to tame her tongue I said well doc that's not possible (laughs) he said well why isn't it I said because it says in James chapter 3 that no man can tame the tongue he said are you serious that's in the bible I said, it absolutely is in the Bible. And guess what? (laughs) The apparatus failed to tame her tongue. (laughs) Now, when you think about this and think that the Holy Spirit of God inspired James to write this, you also have to think about other scripture that says that out of the heart of man come the issues of life. In other words, when we're saying things, it's revealing who we really are. Now, some of us are better at disguising that than others, but the potentiality is there's evil and poison. With it, here's where I want you to get this, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. Men who have been made in the likeness of God, from the same mouth comes both blessing and cursing. So let's just break it down. I heard a quote from Dave Ramsey that I appreciate. He said this. He said, apparently common sense is at a very, um, it's a very reduced commodity in America because I have made millions of dollars selling common sense. And I thought about those of us who share the Word of God, particularly in this particular ministry. And I wonder if sometimes we just don't break it down far enough. I'm I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just saying. So let's just make it as real as we can. How many of you love to hear your, your children or your grandchildren curse? Raise your hand. Not one? In this whole group, not one person... Loves to hear your children, your grandchildren, or by the way, we do have some great-grandparents back there too. Are your great-grandchildren curse? Not one. So here's the next question. How many of your children, grandchildren, or great-grandchildren have heard you curse? Ooh. I got three that are being honest. Thank you very much. I'm not sure about this side of the auditorium right now, but our kids learn what we demonstrate for them. Other believers learn what we demonstrate for them. And the interesting thing for me is that we as believers often want to hold the world to a standard that God is saying is our standard but not theirs because they're not where we are. There's a verse in Psalms where it says that the other nations, it's talking about Israel, it says the other nations did not do these things because they did not know these things. But you did because God told you, God showed you. So when we think about sharing the reality of Christ, and we take scripture like this that has very practical applications but how is it that we can come in here like on a Sunday morning, have wonderful music as we just did, we lift our voice and praise to God, and the next thing you know, we're letting somebody have it. Is that practical enough? But there's more to this, I think. In fact, let me give you the verse. This is in Matthew 12, 36. It's not going to be on the screen. You can look it up. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, listen carefully now. This is from the scripture. Jesus is talking. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. And I thought about that in our day to day. Do we as people, those of us who know Christ, do we realize and understand that every careless word we'll give an account for? Other scripture translations say idle words. The truth of that application for me is we just sometimes talk way too much. And we have way too much to say about things we really don't know a whole lot about. And then giving given our day that we're in, I came up with keystrokes. Will we be held accountable by God for every idle keystroke that we have put something on some form of social media? And the answer is yes. We become... A culture where we think we can settle all the issues. And, okay, I get it. You're going to say you're just an old guy and you don't get it. I'm okay with that if that's the case. We come to this place where we think by communicating through a text or an email, we can resolve all kinds of issues. The last time I read a text or an email, I couldn't see that person's face. I could imagine that person's face. I couldn't see that person's body language. I could imagine it, but I couldn't see it. You say, oh, you're just old school. Okay, again, if that's the accusation, if it's true, I'm old school. But I think when there's something between someone, based on Matthew 18, it says, go to them. In Matthew 5, it says, go to them. It doesn't say, get out your phone and send them a text. remember all the time we're believing that God has empowered us with his authority to share the reality of his son and what that life in him means for us and how we communicate that with others and yes they are listening I shared this yesterday in the men's group with Grace Marriage I like the hot dogs it's Sam's Wholesale in Rock Hill. I just do. Man, I get pickle relish. I get mustard. I get ketchup. And I get sauerkraut on my hot dog. And I love it. And Sheila and I were there the other day. And I had my hot dog. And I'm loving it. And one of the employees comes over. And something has just happened that offended her greatly. I didn't know the woman. Never seen her before in my life. But the next thing I know, she is dumping all this ugh on Sheila and I. And she walked away and came back and she says, I am so sorry. She says, I guess you could see that that really ticked me off. Again, we haven't done anything. We're just, I'm eating my hot dog. (laughs) I mean, I can claim innocence on this one. And she came back and she says, I guess you can see that really ticked me off. I said, yes, ma'am, we could. She goes, I want to thank you for letting me vent my anger so I could get rid of it. Now, I didn't go into Sam's to get all that. I went to get a hot dog, (laughs) which I got. It was really good. We are his representatives. You know why I think she came to us? It's because there's something about us that's different. We have a different management at the Mexican restaurant here in Chester. But years ago, uh, some of the guys in the Mexican restaurant would make this point to us. They would say, you guys are different than most church folks that come in here to eat. That can be good or bad. (laughs) So I like to ask an explanation. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're very kind. You're not demanding. And you just demonstrate a demeanor. I don't think that's the word they use, but a politeness that other people coming from other churches don't always do. Now you're saying, will you just jump on another church?es No, I'm not. I will never do that. It's one church, the body of Christ, and I don't care what tag you got on it. It's still one church. But wherever we are, we are representing the Christ who is the head of that church. And for us to fulfill the great commission, going to all the world, to all the nations, then our mouths, our lives, our lifestyle has to demonstrate. His reality and only can that be done by the power and work of the Holy Spirit again if you want to fail miserably at any of this all you have to do is try and do it on your own but I would really encourage each one of us to evaluate the use of our mouths and the use of our keystrokes and see what it is that God says is supposed to be My brethren, (laughs) we'll just let James say it. These things ought not to be this way. We ought not to be this way. We are the difference. We are the change agents that God has placed in this world. We are the light. We are the salt. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? What's the answer to that? No, of course not. Can a fig tree, my brother, produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh? In other words, let's be what we are. Let's be who we are. Let's be that in Christ. And let's be that all the time. Someone said it so well. And it has been said many, many, many times. You cannot control what happens to you. Now, sometimes you're just being dumb. Yeah, you can in a way. But you have ultimate responsibility by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to determine how you will respond to what happens to you. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in gentleness of wisdom. There it is. Guess who that's written for? Raise your hand. If you're, if you're in Christ, raise your hand. Look around. If you see somebody that didn't raise their hand, go to them afterwards and explain to them about Jesus. <laughs> Who among you is wise and understanding? Man, that takes you back to Proverbs, doesn't it? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Don't you love it when people say, you know what, you're just different. Now, I guess some of us are unique and a little, you know, unique. And, and let me back up way back. Let me back up way back 50 years, over 50 years ago. When the Holy Spirit of God was dealing with my life about coming... And being birthed into the kingdom. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know the terminology. i had been in church some of my life. I didn't know what all was happening. But you know what was almost preventing me from accepting Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? I was on a ship with 250 other men. On that ship, only two men professed to know Jesus Christ. And they were as weird as all get out. And they were always, one of them particularly, was always in trouble. And he was, bellyache, he was in my division. He goes, yeah, the reason I'm being treated like I am is because I'm a Christian. And people don't like Christians. I said, no, you're being treated like are you are because you're dummy. And you're doing dumb stuff. And this ain't the place for it. But I'm telling you, the conduct, the attitude, and the expressions verbally of those men was a detriment to me, almost to the point that I could... Reject Christ. I got to tell you something. I do not want anything in my life to be anything that anybody can say. That's why I reject Christ. Now, sometimes I know we give truth and love, and sometimes it's not received. Well, I get all that. But I'm not sure that's where we all start. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Don't, don't excuse your junk. As we last week, and I'm so grateful for those who responded as they did, to, to say, Lord, I'm going to lay all this stuff down. I'm not carrying it into 2023 if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This this wisdom is not that which comes from above, not from God, but it is earthly, it is natural, it is demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. Man, if that doesn't smack into the reality of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was the ultimate selflessness person. This is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without what's the word? Hypocrisy. You know what that word means in the original language? It means someone who wears a mask, who puts on a pretense of being one thing when in their heart, in their life, they're really something else. This is serious stuff. We're living, again, Steve's belief in the last days. Now, does that mean that I think Jesus is coming tomorrow? I don't know. I just know we're closer than we've ever been. And you don't have to be a great theologian to figure that one out. But we're in the last days. So every person you and I meet, Family, work, commerce, school, doesn't matter. Every person we meet that does not know Jesus Christ, if that day of Christ comes, they will spend an eternity in hell without him. Think about that. When we may have been chosen by God, and we'll talk more about the nudging and work of the Holy Spirit, want to be so, so willing for God to use us in whatever circumstance it may be to demonstrate his reality. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We are the peacemakers. We're the ones God's chosen. Now we're going to talk more about this in the next couple weeks. But let me just encourage you to at least explore the possibility that the Holy Spirit of God will use you. Don't look down the row and say, or elbow somebody, yeah, I think it's for them. No. that he will use you to share the reality of Christ with another person. Now, it may be that you're the one that sows the seed. It may be that you're the one that cultivates. Maybe you're the one that waters. It may be you're the one that harvests. It doesn't matter. But at least make the effort. So a medical doctor had gone through what we used to call evangelism explosion. For those who don't know, that was a great training. They came out of a Presbyterian church in Florida, and God used it across America. And this doctor had been through the training of evangelism explosion. And in that, he was so convicted that he was letting people walk through his life that he never shared the reality of Christ. He made a commitment before God. He said, God, tomorrow, my first patient, I will share the truth of your word, and who Jesus is. Now, you have to understand, evangelism explosion had a method to doing it. And here was the method. You would ask a person, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? That was the introduction question. His first patient comes in for a routine physical. He goes to the physical. He waits for the doctor to come in for his consult. And the doctor's been working his courage up and getting ready. And he walks in the room with the patient's folder in his hand. And he looks at him and he says, If you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? Well, the patient passed out <laughs> because he thought the doctor was telling him he was dying that day. We may not be at that extreme level. But we should always be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within. And we should always have a life that demonstrates the hope that lies within. And our words and our deeds should measure. To the reality of Christ. Again, not everybody's at the same place. We get that. We're all growing in different places. I mean, I've been at this for over fifty years now, and I'm still learning, and I'm so delighted. I was uh, listening to a very seasoned teacher of the Word of God last week or two, and he said, You know, I'm at that place, and this guy's seasoned, man. He's incredible. He said, I'm at that place where I know more now than I've ever known, and I know less now than I've ever known. Well, that's me. I know more now about God and his word and ministry than I've ever known to the place that I now understand I know less now than I've ever known. But I'm so excited that the years I have left, whatever they are, I get more of that, more of him, and my life gets to be that incredible reality that a person working at Sam's Club can come over and say, here's all my junk, thank you. For being willing to hear my junk. Let's all stand and pray. I actually found a printed prayer that captures the thoughts of this message. So here it is. I would hope you would, enjo- you would join me, not in reciting it because I'm going to go through it too quickly, but at least listening and saying in your heart, yes, Lord. Lord, I ask you to use me to reach my world. The people who are in my sphere of influence, I've made the mistake of thinking that missions and the work of missions was only for others in other parts of the world. For that, I ask forgiveness because I have missed mission opportunities right here in my daily experience. And I know now, You're calling me to invade every aspect of my world, culturally, ethnically. Give me the power and the courage to start reaching them with the good news. And now that I know that I am to invade my sphere of influence, wherever it is and whoever it is, help me to see myself as your missionary. Send me to the people that I know. And those that you may have in, may introduce me to. And this day, God, I acknowledge that I am your missionary to my world. Would you say Amen? amen. amen.